Adam, welcome. It's been a while. It has been, mate. It's been a while. And uh, thanks for inviting me on. No, we've been talking about this for quite a while, haven't we? Oh, Christ, yeah, you've got yeah. lightning and all sorts going on behind you there. Yeah, mate, well, I'm in, I'm in northern Italy at the moment, so uh, the weather's uh, weather's a bit changeable. Uh, yeah, we, so I think the thunderstorm's rolling in. We've had a stark contrast from last year. Last year was blazing, like being a broad summer. And we've had nothing but rain since February. We've had, I think, maybe one or two sunny days. I've I've been planting in my garden and all sorts. It's really, really struggled this year. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's one reason why the side has moved to Italy to try and get away from. Uh, uh, yeah. all that. But, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. whereabouts in northern Italy? Like, give me a city that I'd know that you're close. So, to. well, I'm currently um, just north of Milan. Um, but um, as you can maybe work out or not, I'm, I'm in the hotel room at the moment. So this is just a uh, a week uh, up in northern Italy. Um, I'm actually living down in the south um, near a place called Lecce. Right. So right on the uh, on the heel of Italy. So okay. uh, down there, down there, the weather Flatter is ground about down 25 there, is it? degrees. It is very flat, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Perfect for flying. So I, um, I was discussing yesterday with the guys... Um, uh, at work because I, I showed them the photos because the, the photos you said were really cool and hopefully if you can get the uh, the videos over so that anybody that listens can actually see you in action in the in the planes that'd be great but um, uh, the the point you put about the scrambling to intercept a helicopter and you flew supersonic over the country yeah. we were trying to work out how long that would have taken you would it have taken you longer to get up to the altitude to fly at that than it would have to go yeah. supersonic to? Yeah, so that whole event was uh, was a little bit crazy. Um, I'd only started on the uh, on the front line on my squadron um, about maybe three months prior, so uh, so not long. Um, and uh, within the first three months just after lunch so a belly full of food um we got a call to go into the uh, to run to the jets um and uh and then the message came to uh, to get airborne um fly west basically and uh fly at mach 1.2 uh, right. to about forty thousand feet um and uh the adrenaline starts you know racing um and uh before you know it you're at forty thousand feet doing mach 1.2 and then you think right where am I going and what am I doing? Um, it's all a bit surreal. Um, so I think it took longer to get the, air, the jet airborne uh, than it did to actually get from Lincolnshire to Bristol. Um, but when we got over there, uh, well, on the way over there, we weren't really sure what we were going to find. Um, and uh, it turned out to be a helicopter, which is uh, they're notoriously difficult to try and intercept because they're going so slow. Yeah. Um, so we managed to do it. Um, what was great, really funny though afterwards was um, somebody in Chipping Norton uh, put a claim into the MOD 
because um, they thought their dry stone wall had been knocked down by the sonic boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I don't, I don't get... think the MOD played out. No, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, that's. A... I I remember you telling me about the the shithousery between um, helicopter fl- uh, pilots and 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 fast jet pilots. How you sort of just flip them the flip them the bird as they were as you'd fly by them. Um, yeah, there's always that... a bit of uh, yeah banter between the different uh, different types uh, rotary, multi-engine, and, and fast jet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that. Fast Jet's going to win every time, isn't it? <laughs> well, I wouldn't like to say, but uh, you know, you you, uh, you make your choice at the end of the day, I suppose. Yeah, I've um, since being sort of shut away and not really been able to do anything for the last year. Um, I've it sort of sparked my interest in aviation again because, like over Hereford, you see quite a few. Well, they tend to be Cessnas that you see flying over mostly, but you get the occasional yeah. military stuff going on. Uh, getting the helicopters and um you get to, we've had a, a couple of jets go over so i've, I've been uh, testing sean's uh spotting skills at times i said like trying my best to get the photos as they go over and sending them uh, getting him to try and pick them out which is um quite dorky really but it's, it's it's kept me quite entertained i've even got on my shed roof a couple of times i've um i'll send you some photos that i've got actually of the um I'm not not even sure what they were doing, but there's been a few times since last March that um, you've had quite low flying uh, helicopters coming down with doors open, and you can see the the soldiers in inside with the rifles and everything. They drop down, yeah. I think, somewhere near the TA centre, which is um, just sort of south of where where I am, and then mm. within minutes the helicopter would come up, no soldiers in it, and quick sort of like a quick drop and. And out they go. Yeah. I was um conspiracy theory with um with Sean when it first started happening. I was like, they're getting ready for martial law, mate. They've got to be. They've got to be. There's no I've never seen this in Hereford. Why why are they doing it now? It's gotta be the SAS. But I think it was just yeah, you like, you're bored. like a conspiracy, mate. <laughs> I think they're just bored. They could, I saw I saw one of the lads that I know that's um in the regiment, and I was like, a lot of Seeing those, um, I think they're Dolphinas, aren't they? The the SAS. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've seen quite a few of those kicking about. What's going on? He went, mate, they've got nothing to do. They can't do anything, so they might as well fly. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was expecting something a little yeah. bit more um, exciting. But, yeah. <laughs> a bit more juicy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, and the more I think of it, he's not going to tell me if they were up to something anyway, would he? No, they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, um so your job now, you're you're a what's the guy in Top Gun? <laughs> what's his name? No, it's um, not Goose because uh, Goose is a navigator. No, <laughs> what's um like Maverick and Iceman's teacher? What was um, he called? Uh, there's two, isn't there? There's there's Viper. And That's there's, him. That's uh, it. You're Viper now, aren't you? Yes, sir. I don't want to go that far. I won't go, Viper, you can't compare anyone to Viper. Viper's <laughs> a legend. <laughs> yeah. You um. So, um. Go go ahead. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say um, I'm teaching people now in Italy to uh, to fly um, the jet before they get to their final 
fighter jet, if you like. Right. So um, it's equivalent to the Hawk training that, yep. we, that we do. Up well, in, you were doing that Valley. when we first um, when we first met, weren't you? You were sort of on a, a six month break. That's right. You? Yeah, yeah. So I was a student at the time. Yeah, up at Valley. Um, and after my um, time on the front line, I went back to Valley yep. to teach um, students there, and that was my last posting in the air force before i then transferred over to uh well to city street yeah um to then uh then teach guys out here so you are you instructing in italian or in english luckily for me um because <laughs> my italian is terrible um the language of aviation is is english um right. pretty much all over the world um so uh i should learn more italian um, Sasha, so yeah, my wife, she can speak good Italian now, but um, I'm still pretty bad at it. Yeah. Ciao, molto bene, is about, <laughs> is about as far as my Italian goes. Plus, I suppose that works out quite well then. Um, yeah, for, for me being lazy, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I meant to ask you about one of the pictures, actually. It's, it's one of you obviously flying and somebody's taking the picture. It's... I don't know if it's a deceiving picture because it's been rotated or if some nutter is doing the exact same thing that you are and pointing the jet directly at the ground and you're clearly flying. Oh, I don't, have I lost you? No, you're still there. No, still here. Um, yeah. You're flying directly at the ground. Yeah. Completely vertical. And that's, yeah, so to me, that's terrifying. That is, um, you will make a good pilot, Darren. <laughs> that's, um, that's, uh, that's, that's close formation aerobatics. So right. um, you do a little, a very uh, little bit of it, you know, a bit of exposure um, in the in phase four training, which I'm teaching. Um, obviously, the you know, ultimately, um, you know, people would do that day in day out. Will be the red arrows. Um, Etc. Etc. Mm -hmm. But we give a little bit of, uh, of a taste of it to the students uh, here. So you fly um, in, so I say, close formation. So wingtip to wingtip, maybe only a few meters apart, uh, and then you hold that position, and then you'll do say a loop or a barrel roll. Um, and uh, because our jets are two seat, then uh, you, in that scenario, I had somebody in the front. Or back taking some photos but we were pointing straight down yeah. to the ground but we were at about ten thousand feet so there's plenty of uh plenty of height still to go i still think that's mental <laughs> does that do you get because um i've spoke to like a number of people who've done um parachuting and stuff um mm. they say that when they jump out of an aircraft they don't they don't get the falling sensation because obviously the aircraft's moving so it's not like being on a roller coaster where you suddenly drop and your stomach goes. Do you get that yeah. feeling or is it more if you're accelerating towards the earth, I'm guessing you've got uh, G-force and stuff and you're having to, is it hooking? Is that what it's called? Where you, where so you, so um, you don't really, um, yeah, G-force G is, is part of it, but you don't get that sensation that you're flying at um, you know, 400 miles per hour um, because... You, the height you're at, um, you start to feel what you call a ground rush uh, when you're low, because then you get the peripheral vision of the ground 
around you so then you can get the sensation of speed but yeah. at height you don't you don't really sense that uh, when you start to pull back on the stick or push on the stick then you get some g-force um which is then what you might experience on a roller coaster mm-hmm. um but the difference being a jet is that um it's it's prolonged so it can be sustained for you know quite quite a while um, whereas on a roller coaster, you'll only sense maybe 4G for a, for a second um, right. or two. Whereas in, a, in a, say, a typhoon, you may feel 9G for um, maybe up to uh, 30 seconds, so if not more, which is which can be pretty painful yeah. when your head weighs uh, nine times what it usually does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you have specialist suits on that, don't you, that sort of try and help control the, is it the That's right, yeah. to stop you passing out? Yeah, have you ever got exactly to the point that, where you, yeah, you you start to grey out? Have you ever actually blacked yeah. out? No, for, thankfully not. I've got close to I've got grey out before um, mm-hmm. in a in a typhoon um, and in and in the jet on flying now. But um, the, the kit um, that you wear really really helps. And then you also do a like a straining manoeuvre, uh, and that basically keeps the blood up towards your uh, your heart and your head so keeps you keeps you conscious yeah i've i've seen some because i'm like i said i'm a dork i've seen some um <laughs> some videos and that's where i asked about the the hooking i think i think it's a yank term where they sort of hoot, 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 and they're trying to keep uh, okay, the yeah, yeah. the yeah. either the oxygen or the blood flow up rather than yeah. going down to the legs is that yeah, so that's that's what we call a G-strain maneuver. So right. you're essentially tensing up your muscles, uh, and you're holding your breath. Um, and what that's doing is it's just constricting all of the uh, the blood vessels in your body, just to try and stop that blood flow away from your head. Um, and then when you tense your muscles, you can then the G suit inflates as well, and they the two push together. And again, it just tries to keep the blood up towards your. Uh, you must your feel head. pretty fucking beaten up after something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, you do, you do, and it's um, you build a tolerance for it. So, um, the first time you do it, you're sweating buckets, and you can maybe do one flight in the day. You just mm-hmm. want to get to bed. Um, but after you do it for a while, then, like I say, you build a tolerance, um, and then it almost becomes a bit second nature. Um, and they say that even though you need to be fit to join the military, people that are short uh, have high blood pressure and are generally unfit. Uh, you drink lots of beer, they can actually sustain quite a lot of G-force. Right, okay, yeah, <laughs> blood, yeah. Their blood pressure is high anyway. I remember you saying when, I can't even remember what year it was, but when we were sort of, we, me and you were inseparable for about a good six months, weren't we? Because I was just, my only job was to train people and you had all the time off. So we were playing golf, then we go training, then we go to the, the pub. Uh, but I remember you saying that you were quite abnormal because you're quite you're quite tall. And at the time, when you were training with me, you got quite thick, and that's quite abnormal for a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think yeah, I think because we spent so much time uh, training, um, then uh, able to put on you know quite a bit of mass. But um, I think yeah, you get some pretty you get some pretty big pilots. Um, but uh, for me, that was abnormal because naturally, you know. <laughs> I uh, I'm a little bit skinny, but yeah, to mm. sort of put on ten kilograms was uh, was definitely uh, well. Wow. That was a uh, a busy six months in the gym. It was, yeah. We sorted a few people out that that year. 
we got Mitch from being formerly fat, now incredibly skinny Mitch, to an absolute weapon. Yeah. Melding from being lanky to being solid. Um, but still lanky, yeah. Still lanky, still grumpy. Still gets his <laughs> takeaways. He thinks I don't know. Fat knacker, and he always complains, trying to get stuff for free. We know, John, Eldry, if, you, yeah. if you listen to this, I'm sure you you will, as Adam's on here, but we know that you're trying to get your, your meal for free. Because <laughs> I told him you yeah. would be. Um, Ryan so, Dodging job. Yeah. yeah he, um, I haven't seen him for ages, actually. I haven't seen any of them. Um, but yeah. Um, so, aside of flying for a few minutes, like, what, how are you finding life in Italy? Yeah, it's very different. Um, I mean, it's true what they say. Uh, you know, the food is great. The, the wine is great. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Um, they are, the Italians are right about that. Um, yeah. And the, uh, the weather, the weather down, down in southern Italy is really nice. Um, obviously, like everyone, it's been a bit of a crazy, you know, 18 months with, uh, with COVID. And Italy had it pretty bad yeah. as well. Um, you know, start of uh, start of 2020, um, when not much was known about it, and the, the Italians took it, you know, really, really seriously. You know, streets were empty for for months um, because the healthcare system was just under so much strain. Um, but now the country's starting to open up again. You know, restaurants are opening, and uh, people are starting to eat out again, which is, you know, that is the Italian you know, lifestyle. Eating yeah, yeah. Out. So it's great to see that coming back. I, I just remember seeing the videos on Facebook and Instagram and stuff of just Italians with their windows open, just singing. And I was like, that's so Italian. It's the most Italian yeah, thing that yeah. you could do. Cause it would start with yeah, one guy with his, street, his, yeah. um, his ukulele or whatever, just strumming some Italian tune. And then a guy across the street just starts singing in Italian. I watched, I must've watched videos like that for, for hours. They, I was just like, this is the most Italian thing. There is nothing more Italian yeah. than what is happening right now. Because yeah, they'd all, all join in. There'd be the next thing, there'd be some maracas going or a tambourine. And it was like a big fucking concert going on in the streets. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I was, I was, I was back in the UK um, for a few weeks uh, last year. And um, some people were all trying to organise a um, you know, some singing in the street and some, you know, applauding for the NHS. So people yeah, there, yeah. you know, clapping for the NHS. But then when it came to singing, um, it just didn't work. You know, the British don't do that. No, no. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, the, the guys in my street um, for maybe every Thursday for a month were getting out, sort of banging pots and whatnot. And um, I'd get Jack to howl um, at the end of it and whatnot. And it was, after the after four weeks, then there would be you could you just hear like one pot. It's like you know, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah. There was there was no there was no singing. There was no singing at all. No, no, it's not. Uh, it's not the British way. No. <laughs> um. So what were the other feats that I? Because I haven't actually got my phone or anything on me. But um. So you did you did you were part of the RAF one hundred, weren't you? Was it one hundred? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I was lucky enough um, to be uh, involved in that. Um, and uh, we took a um, nine ship of Hawks, um, flew across um, initially to Lindstone Ooze, 
um, and then we uh, set off the next day to meet all the other formations over the uh, North Sea. And then we all flew in uh, to London and over Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was uh, it was really good to be part of that. Really good. And I'm sure you saw the uh, the 100 um, that was that was made by the Typhoons yeah, yeah, yeah. as well at the very end. Yeah, that was uh, that was something pretty smart to uh, to see. But no, it was good. Really good. And the Olympics as well, wasn't it? Did you say? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the Typhoon um, is the jet, the the Air Force's aircraft that does um, quick reaction alert. Yeah. So for the Olympics in 2012, and we put a detachment of aircraft down in uh, RF Northolt, which is uh, in West London, just north of Heathrow, and to ensure we could get airborne uh, quick enough we took turns to sit in the jet with all the power on and uh, we'd just be waiting there um, for for a potential call to to get airborne and um sat there um it was pretty hot um because all the computers in the jet were running um mm-hmm. in full kit it's the middle of the summer uh and i just heard this voice through the through my headset and i looked down to the side of the jet and it was uh, david cameron <laughs> came along and pl- plugged into the jet on, on a headset um and uh yeah just said uh you know how's, how's it going uh love to see uh love to see my typhoons um and uh, and thanks for um you know doing a doing a great job <laughs> um so we yeah we spoke spoke a little bit five minutes maybe about the olympics and then he uh, unplugged and then off he went to his next uh next pr meeting but uh yeah that was a bit surreal that's mad. That's real. Yeah, that is mental. Because <laughs> I, I've, I've just started wearing a headset at work because uh, getting in contact with it. Because we've now the restaurant's bigger now. We've, we've taken over next door as well. And okay. um, so, uh, as I, I, well, we call it a kitchen manager. I'm essentially the head chef on most of my shifts. So I'm like the Gordon Ramsay at the pass, sending all the food, shouting at people, um, swearing. I'd, yeah, I don't really swear that much anymore. I'm, pr- I'm pretty chill. I'm not. <laughs> I've done it for f- six years now, so it's you know, there's there's no point getting irate at people. But I don't know whether you. I mean, I, well, I do know you guys would definitely have better quality sound in your headsets than the ones I'm using at work. But fucking hell, are they difficult to understand, people? And like, <laughs> and when people don't understand that they've got like if. Because they tend to have lapel mics, so they'll like okay. press it. Yeah. But they'll start talking before they've pressed it. And they're asking me about like a delivery number or something like that, and it's like, can you talk slower for a start? And can you start talking after you press the button? Because I'm getting half a conversation here, and then you try. I don't know if if with when when if you're in a plane, if like you you could talk like this. But you can't do it with with the um, radios that we use. Like if I press to talk halfway through their talking, it cuts them off. Yeah. But, but and neither. Yeah, that's the same. That's a, that's a, yeah. In in the aircraft, if you've got two people in the aircraft, and you can talk uh, openly with each other. But if you want to talk over the radio, which is what you guys are kind of doing, um, then you, you can't have two people talking at the same time. Um, and it, you just you just train um, to ensure that. Firstly, you push the button and then you talk. Um, and then once you've finished, you release the button 
Yeah. It sounds simple, but um, obviously, if you get it wrong, then it can cause a bit of a nightmare. It sounds like it does at times for you. Yeah. It, it, you can see why they came up with certain phrases and stuff because it's so much clearer. Do you know what I mean like Roger? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It, it's it's so much clearer. I mean, what you am I talking about? I'm, I'm, in, uh... Yeah, I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking about speaking to one person on a radio. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking mental. But <clears throat> um, so I I have to ask. I don't know if you can actually um disclose this. Did you ever get to break the sound barrier in a hawk? Because I remember a discussion that me and you had about the fact you tried a few times and there's a pretty dangerous way of doing it. But did you yeah, ever achieve so, it? Uh, no, not in a hawk. No, unfortunately it doesn't go. Uh, there was a way to do it in a T1, um, but uh, you can't you can't do it in a T2 anyway, which I was instructing on because it's just, it's not cleared for it, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, but no, no, you but, could do it in a T1, but I unfortunately But is it, it possible? In a T1, it is possible in a T1, yeah, definitely. But not in definitely. a T2? People have, not in a T2, no, no. I could do it in the training jet that I'm flying now. Right. Um, and obviously, you can do it very easily in a Eurofighter, but yeah. um, but uh, not, in a, not in a T2, but in a T1, yeah. So, a Eurofighter, is that a French-designed aircraft? No, so that came about, um, well, I say no, the French had some input into it in the early days. Um, it was essentially UK, Italy, um, Spain, Germany, and, and France were involved in the beginning, but then they, they pulled out of the project and they built the Rafale right. uh, on their own. Um, so then it was just left with Germany, UK, Spain, and Italy. Who then took the project forward and then built the uh, put the Eurofighter. And but you will see some similarities with the Rafale in terms of the, the front of it with some four planes and the, and the delta wing is is you know fairly similar. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't know if I'm talking out of turn here. This might be complete bollocks, but and I also don't know what it means. But I've read somewhere that the Typhoon is designed to be instable. So it gives yeah, you, so you the, the pilot more control. Is that is that right? Yeah. So the way the way it's designed, the aerodynamics, it's it's um, controlled by a computer basically, four computers that ensure that the jet stays flying in a straight line. So it, mm -hmm. it is very easy to fly as a, as an aircraft goes because it is all electronics. And then if you then put an input into the stick, then the computers will move surfaces and you'll get a very quick response. Um, which, like I say, makes it easy to fly. So in the purest sense of like hands and feet, um, it's, it's easy. But then with the jet, the way it is, with all its sensors and computers, then your job is kind of a, a sensor manager, really, just trying to manage all the data and information that comes into the jet. So it's slightly different to traditionally what you'd think of from a, uh, you know, what you may have seen on Top Gun. Top Gun. Yeah. What's, um, what, days, you know? what's the Yank version of of the Eurofighter? Well, um, it, it's the F-22 and the F-15, really. Um, right. they, say the, they say that the F-15 is, um, they call it a fourth generation fighter. Right. And then the F-22 is a fifth generation fighter because it's stealth. Um, and then we kind of put the 
typhoon in the middle and say yeah. it's a four and a half gen you know right um <laughs> is it stealth but, uh, but yeah no not the typhoon isn't no no do we have uh, enough stealth? yeah so the f-35 um which is which is which uh, came in over the past couple of years at yeah. Marham. That's that's a stealth aircraft, yeah. Have you flown yeah, which, it? Which uh, we obviously bought from America. No, no, I had the opportunity, um, but uh, I decided that um, I'd move to Italy instead. So. Was that, um, yeah. you just had enough of um, military life or was it like you want to spend more time with your family? Yeah, it's um, it's, you know, it's a fantastic career um and it's there's it some awesome awesome times but it's um it's very much a lifestyle you know it's all yeah. encompassing so it does it does sort of dictate where you live you know where your children go to school and where your wife can work and live so after after doing um say 14 years we decided that you know we're going to take a bit of a uh, bit more control over you know where we go um mm -hmm. where we live what we do so it was a it was a uh, a good point to um to part ways and try something different or in a different country anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. I quite like that. I quite like that because you you got to spend your early 20s doing what the fuck you want, flying fucking <laughs> aircraft, flying the fastest, the best planes in the world, riding motorbikes, driving fast cars, and then into your 30s just like take control there's so many people i think that uh like lifers in the military that have families that their kids grow up think oh, i wish my dad was about a bit more and yeah yeah that's that's that is that is true i believe and um yeah i think it was time just to give a bit of bit more priority to the you know to the family so say opportunity arose so we took it yeah, uh, I, I mean that's something I will say about you that I've always admired is you, you've you've got a good head on your shoulders. You've you always have done. Like it was you that sort of pushed me to go and move my gym from above a pub to an established gym. <laughs> Great pub, best pub in the world. Best pub in the world. Yeah, um, <laughs> not the best place to be training people. Do you remember the looks people used to give us when we'd be carrying all the equipment back out? putting yeah. it in a car and they're all there getting day pissed just getting pissed in the daytime and there's all these sweaty bastards coming out of the fucking skittle alley and yeah, it's a bit random yeah yeah and like <laughs> fucking hell 12 years later i i finally closed the gym because i was doing something obviously i was chefing and like i look back at the the different that like that, that's a career in itself that's that sort of 10 years that was great and it started yeah. because my dad's gym closed and me and a couple of mates were getting pissed in the barrels and I spoke to Phil and he told me that the skittle alley was available. I was like, well, I've got a shitload of free weights. Let's do this. Yeah, well, you've got to, you know, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. got to start somewhere and it's, 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 it's very typical of me. Like I, I could have quite easily got a job at a gym, but I was like, no, I want to do it my way. Yeah. Got to do it my way. Yeah. And, Luckily, and I, you know, I've heard I've that. Yeah, but luckily I had the likes of you and a few other people around me that were sort of directing me, like, Darren, you can't just keep... We're going to go through the floor in this old 
like this old fucking list. As the weights got heavier, yeah. As the weights, yeah. as the weights got heavier, that could have been a factor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's quite funny when I look back. It's like that all the different people that I trained over the years, and it's it's something that I've been trying to do with the podcast. Is get, like people I played football with. Like, do you, do you remember going out to US Harold with me? And doing those pre-season. I do, yeah, I do. Um, yeah. Like we did all Somebody sorts. Burst and I got a paid. I, I, vessel in there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, Op, that was yeah. Doing the um, the, the Jones crawl. He could have died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been that would be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Fuck it. Oh. That was a, that was a good. Uh, that was a good time. It was a good summer. It was, yeah. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but that's going to be about 10. How old am I now? Just, I think just it was 38. Uh, about 11, 11 years ago. Yeah. 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 I was going to say 10, 11 years ago because I stopped mm. playing football yeah. 10, uh, yeah, 10 years ago. So it would have been about 11, yeah, 11 years ago. That's mad. And we won yeah, the league that year, and that was the fittest USRL team that has ever been. What happened after that? <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I retired the year afterwards because I was fucking sick of breaking bones. And I keep doing it. Yeah. I um I broke my my foot just before Christmas. Um hoovering in my house. I had flip-flops on and kicked the like the you know the the big thick like tiles they have in front of a fireplace. Just hoovering away, yeah. just booted it. Fucking broke my foot. I was in a an air cast for three months. Fucking... You're getting old, mate. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've always been a knob for hurting myself, though. Always. Um, I'm trying to think. What's my phone? Trying to point. Trying to point. So Norwich, anyway, getting going up again. Mate, we're doing very well. I mean, I think it's been a great season. Um, it has been a great season. But nobody other than Brazil can play it in a yellow kit. Let's be honest. Wow, I don't know. I kind of like that kit. Have you got? We'll do see you what own, I do next year. Do you own a Norwich kit? Uh, I've got a signed uh, Norwich shirt, shirt from 1994. 1994. The, the Norwich team. Yeah, well, it's the team that uh, beat Bayern Munich. Fucking hell! The, the, the famous Jeremy Goss volley. And obviously, my you know my boys have got a Norwich kit as well. So yeah, are they Norwich fans? Do they like football? One is the other supports Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, he just took to Liverpool for some reason. Was it last year by any chance? It was no, it was a couple of years ago. He um, it was before they won the Premier League. Uh, He just he just took to them, and uh, he loves it. Absolutely loves it. You and your old man have got to be Norwich. Sasha's yep. old man is Man United, I'm pretty sure. No, he's Arsenal. Arsenal. Where yeah, the fuck yeah. did Arsenal. Liverpool come from? Exactly. I mean, their boy, their boy made his own choice. Yeah, so well. you cannot, you cannot argue with that. You cannot no. argue with that. An annoying. He'll be a. He'll be an annoying fan, won't he? Yeah, we won it back in. He's good. 2020. He's good at football. He's, he's very he? good at football. Given that. Yeah, yeah George. Is George is. Good. George plays for. For Hereford and also for hey. uh, locally as well. Complete shock nice. that was when she was about 
was she 13 now? So that would have been probably about when she was six. She got sort of scouted at primary school. Um, Jamie that runs uh, Tupsley team did like a, a workshop and went up to my old man was picking her up and he was like, she needs to come and do some training. Um, and she's played ever since. And this year she's represented Hereford twice. Um, would have been more, but COVID. Yeah. And unfortunately yeah. at the moment, I'm still trying to work on her, but she's sort of lost interest now. She's, it's been such a stop start, basic two years in terms of football yeah. for her. The same with school. She's like lost all interest in school. She used to love school, but she preferred homeschooling because she got to learn stuff like mm. how to use a how to use a knife, how to make, <laughs> how to use a camera. Um, do you know what I mean? Like stuff like alongside. I always did the um, the proper homeschooling, but it was like, George, George, you got history next, and she'd be like, fuck. Can't be bothered with history. It's like, can't, right? Come on, I'll show you how to how to change the aperture on a on a photo. And she'd be like, okay. So we'd walk down to the river, show her the different um, exposure levels and stuff like that. And she she'd be like, oh, that, I prefer this way. I prefer this way. Oh, if I do that. And then she goes back to regular school. She's there for a few weeks. We get locked down again. She can't go to school. Goes back to homeschooling. Yeah. Um, mm. and it worked out quite well that I could just work nights then. So thanks for that, George. That was great because nights in a restaurant, especially when they can only do takeaway, is fucking mental. Um, <laughs> so I'd be homeschooling from nine o'clock in the morning and then, um, go to work and get slammed and then have to be up at nine o'clock in the morning, like five days a week. But, um, yeah, sure. it's sort COVID sort of really disrupted her and she's, she said like, at the end of the season, well, she got a cup final coming up, but end of the season, she um, she doesn't want to play anymore, which is like, you speak to anybody that has, has watched her play, they're like, that's such a waste of talent. But at the same time, you can sort of see where she's coming from. She's like, every now yeah, and again, yeah. I have to get up at, she, again, teenager, I have to get up at 10 to ready for a kickoff at 12 can't really be asked. I'd rather sit on my computer and watch anime and do all that shit. And she, she quite likes dressing up and doing that cosplay stuff to look like the Japanese anime characters and whatnot. And it's like, all right, well, I'll support whatever you want to do, but still. Yeah, kinda... yeah she might, might change her mind later. Yeah. She might change her mind. And also I've got a bit of a plan, mate. She's on a wage now. I've given her a wage. Okay. She can have 20 quid a week pocket money if she goes training and plays on Sunday. I haven't included because she goes. It's not a she, bad rate. She's supposed to go to something called GDC, which is a girls' development centre, on a Friday night. I'm not pushing that because they've lost um, quite a few girls from both under 16 and under 14. Now George should be under 13, but in girls' football in Herefordshire, they they do it in two-year blocks. So okay. every other year, you're the you're the eldest and you're going to win the league basically. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's the same with the GDC, um, but they've lost that many players. They're sort of integrating them. So you've got Georgie who is um, under, under 13, 
potentially playing against girls. Some of those girls will be turning six, uh, 17 soon. And it's just like, I'm, I'm not putting her through that. Like that, that yeah, is yeah. too big of an age gap. And unfortunately, I, I, mate, I've paid hundreds of pounds for, for this, but I'm, I'd rather lose that hundred couple of quid and her not be getting stressed out about playing footy against girls that are basically women. But um, yeah, yeah you she, don't want to, you don't want to push that because she'll uh, push it too hard, dislike it, and never want to do it ever again. So. Yeah, um, and. It's a it's a hard situation, which I'm sure you can fully appreciate being a dad yourself. It's I'm in a real hard situation here where she like it doesn't matter what she she does. When she was in year six, she did the two hundred meters. Yeah, it was two hundred meters in year six primary school. She was three seconds off the women's world record. Eleven. Wow. She's rapid. She is incredibly physical, like, honestly. Um, albeit, I will say, it's a questionable 200-metre track. <laughs> but as far as... Yeah. I've, I've even got video evidence, and I Googled straight away. I was like, fucking hell, that was quick. And she was... She finished, I think, six seconds. Bear in mind how long that is on a 200-metre race before every other girl in her class. Six seconds. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of... It's a long time. As you're, you were a hurdler, weren't you? So you. That's right, I was. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so you, if you've got time to look over your shoulder, turn around, and wait for the other girls to finish, you're pretty quick. That's a, that's a big gap, yeah. Yeah. Um, albeit Hampton Dean's a small school. Um, uh, but the, that's just an example. And she's getting to the point now where she's like, oh, I can't be bothered to play football. And I don't know whether to be like, you can't be a pushy parent in the fact that, no, you are playing. But also, am I being just as bad if I let her waste that that talent? Do I try and guide her? Like, all right, then, if you don't want to play football, if football's not your thing, but you've got to do something because you're really physically capable. You've got to do something. You can't just sit in your room playing Roblox or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you're right. You, you can't you can't force it because then she'll just come to hate it. But yeah. um yeah, try and steer maybe towards something else, maybe athletics. Yeah. You know, uh, she's that fast. I mean, athletics in Hereford I I don't really know a great deal about it. I know there's a track in at the leisure centre. Yeah, I I guess the club's still going. That's where I started. Um when I was about uh get this right i think about 12 maybe mm -hmm. went started going down there and uh discovered i could jump over a couple of barriers and then um you know started doing it for uh i did it for the next 10 years um so there's a good there was a good team down there i think they're still still down there same team of coaches pretty experienced so get on the website have a look uh get down there and see what you think yeah i mean it's it's probably worth having a look but it's it's yeah. just um it's one of those like i'm sure you've had low well i don't know if you have but the the conflict as a parent like how far do you push them how do you push them to the point that they appreciate it when they're older it's like i'm, I'm glad you, you you kept me in this dad or do you are you pushing them to the point where they're like dad you know on their 30th birthday, Dan, I really wish you hadn't fucking kept going on at me. 
because it's a difficult one hindsight is a wonderful thing and yeah. um there's no right answer but uh personally for me i uh you could you could i think you could push them a little bit but if they if they start to say i definitely don't want to do it then yeah either at that point it's got to uh, got to stop because they'll they may start to resent you for it yeah resent you for it and you, you also <laughs> like i genuinely i enjoy watching her do any any sports or you know i wouldn't give a shit what it was i, I like I, you'd be the same you're, you're quite a competitive person i i like seeing my kid be competitive and she is fucking look we play uh play frisbee in the garden and if she can't do something you can see in her face she's like i am gonna get this and she does it takes mm. her a few times and she gets it um and it just seems a, a shape like I don't know. It's maybe, maybe it's it's an adaption thing, like the whole the whole digital age, or whatever. But I just don't I don't get the the fact that you if you're that good at something, it doesn't matter what it is, just crack on. But she she's she's got her her mum's sort of relaxed attitude to to that sort of thing. Oh, I just can't be asked. Can't be asked. I'm not doing that this week. And you just think, uh, yeah, but if you, if you can't be asked and all of a sudden you decide you want to do it, you're going to be left behind. And, uh, it's just, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's just, you don't, you don't, that's the thing about being a parent. There's no book. You can't study to be a parent. And if you do, you're a twat. I mean, yeah, there are, there are books out there, but uh, I'm not ready. Read any I'm of not myself. reading. And right. um, there's no guarantee anything going to work. So don't bother. Yeah. So um, in the sort of, stemming back and on that curve like at what at what point did you think like i quite fancy being a pilot yeah it's, it's a good question um pretty young actually um uh, my father was um he flew uh light aircraft as a hobby out of shopton um when i was quite young and my uncle's always been interested in aviation. He's written quite a few books about the Blackbird and the F-15, F-117. So there's always been that, that sort of mindset towards aviation um, as I was growing up. Um, so I thought, yeah, do you know what? That sounds like an awesome job to do. So I applied uh, when I was in college, um, coming towards the end of college. Uh, the Air Force said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, really you're not you're not ready yeah yeah they said you're not ready um which you know they were totally right so go to university um and then uh and then and then try again um so i did three years at university uh which was great uh and then i applied again and i was fortunate enough to get accepted at the time um and then uh, about six months after going through selection um i went off to uh to crown world start my officer training but uh, but yeah, the selection process uh, is a uh, is a great one, and you learn a lot about yourself. Um, and like I said, they were totally right the first time by saying um, come back again in three years, um, which I was fortunate enough to obviously then experience university as well. So it worked out pretty well. Is there many people that go from sort of college age? Um, not many, no. Um, obviously, I, I when I joined, I then I then started working with some guys that had joined at the age of eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not many. 
Um, well, not when I joined anyway. Mostly, uh, most people joined after university. Yeah, that sort of makes sense because then. you've yeah that three years um, that you do uh, not necessarily university, maybe in you know in work um, or university. It's, that's a really uh, key three years for you to just grow up a little bit, really. Um, and it's, it's hard as an eighteen-year-old to accept that, isn't it? Sometimes, and I think because um, I it sort of mirrors what I had where, with my selection process at the gym when it was always that sort of sit on the porch fight club mentality of no, if anybody messaged me, no. Like if you'd recommended me somebody, yeah, bring them along. Somebody's just messaged me because yeah. they like my photos. No. And in defense of elitism, which you have to be to do the job that you've done, a white belt is not a black belt and you you aren't just flying a Cessna or a glider you're potentially flying the most elite aircraft in the world why the fuck would they accept yeah, I mean, just any 18 year old that wants to have a go yeah they've got to get it right that's the thing because if they don't get it right then it's going to be in the long run expensive um, and uh, it's you know it's a really, really expensive and long period of time to train somebody up. Um, and that's somebody they're training um, where they could have been taking somebody else in that slot. So they have to be really, really sure that they've got the right people. Um, but also it proves that they will take people from any background. So I, I didn't go to private school. None of my um, relations were in the Air Force or the military. Um, and I was fortunate enough to uh, to get selected. So, you know, if you uh, if it's something that you definitely want to do, um, then you know, give it a go. Yeah, man, and it's um, it's sort of a testament to yourself as well, though, because you, if I remember rightly, you you sort of passed out at, from your your flying school on quite a high level, didn't you? Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I had no previous flying experience when I joined the Air Force and, um, and they, they taught me everything about flying. Um, and in the early days, I was you know, just getting by, um, getting through the, the tests and the courses, not setting the world alight, um, but, you know, just getting by. Um, but it wasn't until I got to tactical weapons training on the Hawk, which I then started to, you know, start to really enjoy the flying and, you um, started to uh, my grades essentially started to, to go up and, uh, and then it sort of all peaked at the right time and uh, I was lucky enough to go off to the, uh, the Eurofighter. Do you, do you have a favourite fast jet? Do, does, you, you talk about the Hawk a lot and I, I feel like you've got a bit of a, a love for the Hawk. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great little jet, but it's definitely not my favourite. Um, I'd pick the Eurofighter over the Hawk any day. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think growing up, I, uh, the F-15 was the jet that I, that I always wanted to fly, but um, obviously not being American, I'd have to go on exchange to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, the, uh, in terms of the UK jets, Eurofighter, Typhoon every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it my old man's always told me this uh, 
is it true that every pilot, uh, air, like aeroplane pilot, in the RAF is a failed fast jet pilot? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that. Mate, um... Is it because if if you're flying a Herc, for example, you definitely went to go and f- your ambition was to fly a fast jet, wasn't it? And maybe, maybe, maybe not well, like like a failed one is is like because sometimes it's like uh, physicality, isn't it? Like your body can't handle. Yeah, true. Yeah. But also as well now, um, when I was going through training, the first part of my training, at uh, the end of the first course, um, you get selected for either fast jet training or helicopters or multi-engine. Um, but there are people that do join now and they, from day one, they say, I want to fly you know, a C-17 or I want to right. fly a Chinook. You know, that, that, is, that is the way it is now. I mean, maybe in the past, you know, that wasn't the case, but definitely now people generally, because maybe they're a bit older when they mm-hmm. go through training, they, they kind of know um, where, where they want to go long-term, long-term. And uh, yeah, some, you could say some are maybe fast, failed fast jet pilots, but, uh, but no, I think they all do, uh, they all obviously all do a great job wherever they are. So. Yeah. It's it's mental. I don't know if you can see you, but it's it's like you've got like a fake background because every every couple yeah, of minutes you're just getting fork yeah. lightning behind you. I'm quite shocked actually that you've still got connection because every time it thunders here, my internet is fucking gash. Um, yeah, I had a couple of questions. I've, I've been... I jinxed it. I jinxed it. Oh, you're back. You're not back. You're in slow motion. All right, we're back in, I think. Uh, We're back. We're back in the room. Yeah, we're back. I've crossed my fingers that many times to ask questions, and that's that's sort of my thing. Is if I think of something, I I cross my fingers, and right. I mean to do it, but obviously, when you're just chatting to your mate, you forget because you go on to another thing. Like I just had a a 15 minute chat to you about Georgie playing football, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, one of the things, are you taught to parachute? Uh, so there is some training for if you were to eject, um, but we don't actually go and do live parachute jumps. So I'd have thought that would be something you would. So it's more of a risk reward thing. So they look at the, um, the probability of you having to actually eject and be under a parachute compared to if we then sent every pilot for parachute training, how many broken legs and ankles would we end up with? Yeah, I suppose you're all and, in, you, and, you're fucking... <laughs> <laughs> and injured backs, you know, you don't want to break your back uh, and then not be able to, uh, to fly. So. 
According to every parachutist I've known, if you get an injury, it's your own fault anyway. Totally, yeah, Yeah. totally. The the problem is, you'll have every pilot with a broken back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There was another one. There was another one. Ah. The, The Osprey. Yeah. Could you fly it? Oof. Do you know what? I do not know. I do not know. I mean, that it's, thing, it's, uh, a, I think I... it's a mixture between a helicopter and a. Yeah. So I've I've flown. I've had a go at flying helicopters before. Yeah. Um, and hovering a helicopter, and then once it's airborne, it will then transition into you know essentially a fixed wing aircraft. Yeah. So I'd give it a go, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't guarantee anything. I suppose that'd be quite pretty, a specialist. Uh, horrendous. That'd be quite a specialist aircraft to fly, wouldn't it? You wouldn't just be. I suppose it's it's the the fixed wing of fast. Well, the, the Eurofighter fixed wings, isn't it? Because it's so different to. Surely, yeah. It's. I, I look at that aircraft sometimes. I'm like, surely you can't like. How is it still able to? Like just put those propellers up at any point while it's flying, because surely something's gonna go wrong. Well, you remember, oh, the Harrier. Well, the Harrier, uh, but that was used to that do was a different. similar thing. That was a jump jet with, though, with jet. It? Yeah, it's a jet engine, but essentially all you're doing is you're moving the uh, thrust or the or the lift, which is generated by the propellers on the Osprey. You're just moving the direction of that, and if you just get the timing right then you can then transfer it from forward flight into a hover. Right. You say that like very smugly, like, <laughs> like Darren, that's barely a chef. Yeah, sorry about that. We'd, 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 <laughs> we'd completely understand that, but because there's, there's got to be a transition period, surely where. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You hit the right speed going forward and the right altitude from the ground that you can flip those things up and it, it will, yeah, will stay, there will stay. be. I just, yeah, I just yeah, think about the speed. the bit where it's going like that. If you've got it wrong, like what's happening? Where are you going? You yeah, gonna, I think it almost there's a lot reverse, of computers. Oh, computers. There's a lot of computers involved in that. See, in my head, yeah. there's no computers. It's all just math. Yeah, it's mate, just math. Twenty first century, unfortunately, mate. Sport the sport the illusion. Do you, do you um? Would you like to own your own plane? As in, like, just have yeah, like a, a Cessna or or something. You could just like, come on, boys, we're gonna go, we're gonna go fly over to Sicily today. Yeah, I mean, maybe not a Cessna, but a, a, a what's wrong with a Cessna? Yeah, I see him flying over here all the time. There's nothing wrong with a Cessna. Nothing wrong with a Cessna. It's just where how far you can go in it. What so, What would I'd you go for? A business what would, jet. What would, a Learjet. Yeah, a uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be perfect. That'd be absolutely perfect. Yeah, you can jump in it on a Friday. And then just fly over to you know maybe uh, Sicily, like you say, or Sicily, Malta, you know, southern Spain. Yeah, yeah, all the great, all the great spots. Yeah, probably to Greece. What for the weekend? So for you, so for you, in terms of if you wanted to have a plane in Civvy Street, are you are you like Lewis Hamilton trying to buy a car? If you know what I mean, like uh, would you have to no. would you have to do a Civvy Street? another license 
uh, exactly yeah exactly that, yeah so i've I've, even yeah, even I've though a, I've, you could go, look, this is me. Fly yeah, in. Yeah, it doesn't work, unfortunately. It doesn't work. <laughs> That's fucking bollocks. Yeah, I've got, it? <laughs> it's absolute bollocks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've got a I, civilian I used license. to fly the Eurofighter. Um, Any chance I could yeah. just jump in? No? No? All right. That yeah, is absolute it's a shame, bollocks. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you have a civvy license to fly or you just. Don't I do, fly? yeah, because I'm, because I'm obviously now a civilian. I'm still flying jets then uh, in Italy they want you to have a license so I've got a a um, commercial pilot's license right it's not um it doesn't necessarily qualify me to fly the jet I'm flying but it's just a license to say that I am a pilot and I'm not I haven't made it up right that's mental what what was your friend I was trying to I was trying to think earlier because I thought that might be another good podcast what what was your mate called that was um he was in, he was at uh, Valley with you. And he came down, he had a few beers a few times in Saxties and whatnot. Uh, that's Tom. Tom, that's it. Couldn't remember yeah. his head. I, I literally yeah. was like scrolling through my Facebook. Like I've got so many, like so many unnecessary friends that I don't even know who these people are going through. I was like, I ain't going to find him before the podcast. What's he up to now? Because he left the RAF, didn't he? And he was going to do commercial flying. He did, yeah. So he's flying now. uh, I'm pretty certain it's BA, British Airways. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. So he's... um, Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's doing doing well. He did spend a bit of time, I think, over in uh, in Hong Kong um, and uh, and then back over to the UK and then he joined BA. Is that... In terms of being a pilot, is that the way to make make the most money? Is get with an airline? Um, <clears throat> not necessarily. It depends what you do. Um, for some multi-engine pilots, then uh, commercial uh, airline flying is you know, a good way to make um, make money uh, long term. For fast jet pilots. Um, typically, if you want to make the money, then you, uh, you go overseas to fly fast jets. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, you, again, you only have a that's you being a part fighter pilot has a you know a finite amount of time on it, and yeah. you can't do it forever. Um, so that transition over to airline uh, flying generally happens eventually. Yeah. Would um so. How fast does a like a Boeing like you you're going on your your holiday? How fast yeah. are we traveling there? Because they used to have screens. They don't have screen. They don't have anything yeah. in anymore. <clears throat> what what we what are we talking? So they will they'll go pretty fast because they can go they can go pretty high. So yeah. you can they will go about um, well we'd say point uh, Mac point eight. 0.8 um mac which is 0.8 the speed of sound yeah so that's pretty quick you know um i mean in comparison to Eurofighter, you can go 1.8 it's obviously a lot faster but it's built you know for speed not yeah. for uh not and for it, carrying people it doesn't sound that much faster but it is isn't it the difference between it's 0.8 lot, yeah it's a lot faster 1.8 that is yeah we're talking the entire of... speed of sound there yeah so it, it like for my listeners that don't know this in terms of miles per hour 
I know you guys use knots, but in terms of miles per hour, what's the difference between yep. 0.8 and 1.8? So if you say on average, roughly the speed of sound at sea level is about 660 miles per hour. Yep. Yeah, so if you're going, if you're going uh, 1.8, make me do public mass now, um, then you're going to be looking at about, what's that, 1,500, 600 miles per hour. Uh, and then if, and then, but you don't, you don't really get the sensation of it. No, I know, but still. <laughs> fucking hell, riding motorbikes and getting up to a ton is fucking terrifying. <laughs> And that's, there's so much more. Oh God. You're, do you have to do like reaction time stuff to do that sort of thing? Cause your reactions must be incredible. No, it's, um, again, I understand, I understand there not... must be a difference, but like, obviously when you're yeah. up high things are like, like you said, when you're, when you're close to the ground, you, you sort of, your brain can understand how fast you're going when you're up high you're just up high traveling in a in a direction but still if you were you still must like your reaction time must be so much more superior to mine in order to just control that machine no i don't think so it doesn't really work like that because you are because you're so high or when i say so high you know, you're you're knocked that close to the ground, so you've got more time than than you think actually. Um, and it's all about really just trying to do several things at the same time. That's that's a tricky thing, you know. So trying to keep the the jet going in a certain direction, uh, whilst maybe changing speed, whilst looking at the map, you know, whilst checking the height, um, maybe using the radio trying to do all those different things at the same time is is how it then starts to become become pretty tricky but um it, reactions aren't necessarily that that much of a factor sorry to say uh, trying to big you up, <laughs> make you some sort of elite athlete yeah i know so basically what you're saying is uh all pilots should be women because you've got to be able to multitask yeah yeah you could say that mate you could say that do you have yeah. many female I'm, pilots I'll, um, there are some um, for the fast jet force. Um, top of my head, when I left the air force, I think there was maybe three. So not I many. Not had many. Three in my head. That's not many. Yeah. That's not many, is it? It's not many. No, not fast. Not blasters, fast jets. I think you find there, more. There are, there there are more in uh, helicopters and. Um, Fast jet, uh, no, no, any non binary. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> never, never, no, I've never it, approached the subject. It was, um, it literally, uh, one of my chefs, well, not one of my chefs, he's actually the same as me at work, um, sent me a thing saying, uh, is a talking point for your podcast. So, Instagram have now put in that you can specify your pronoun. In, yeah, I did see that, yeah, so, yeah I did see that. Yeah. So that's what I just. That's the Air Force. I like to I like yeah. to joke about shit like that because like, it's it's just it seems to be every time I go on the internet in any way, it's it's out there and I like to joke about it because if you don't joke about stuff like that, it's fucking. 
I don't care. It's the Air Force I moving don't... to the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I do like to... Um, I, I like to have a little section. I don't know if you listen to the podcast ever, but um, I, I do like to have a couple of little sections that uh, I like to end on. And um, Go on, then. One is irrational fears when you were a kid that you look back now right, and okay. you go, that was ridiculous. That was completely ridiculous. Yeah. What? Why, why was I scared of that? Um, I always go back to my usual example. Um, up at um, St. Paul's Church by St. Paul's School, there's a, um, I guess it's a monument. It's not a headstone, but it's a monument of an angel with its um, hands in a praying position. And I was always told as a kid, every once in a while, that thing comes, that thing comes to life. And I remember being told that by like one of the bigger boys. And I fucking legged it back to my parents' house. And I swear to God, even now, I walk past that thing and I always give it a double look. Um, another one was that uh, one of my friends told me that I, I, I ran over a Johnny at, in um, at Gorsty Lane on my on my brand new bike that I got for my birthday, and my friends told me that I had AIDS, and I shit myself. I was about ten years old, shit myself for weeks. That's a harsh joke. Because they told me. Well, this is like, well, I'm going to say it's like 1991, so AIDS is still like the worst. Well, it's still not very good now, but um, but you know what I mean. It's like late late 80s, early 90s. Um, age is age is the one, and they told me this, and then they then they told me that the way I'll find out is they will send me a tiny little coffin that when you open it, it says "Congratulations, you've got AIDS," and that stuck with me until I was probably about 11 years old. I was still waiting for this coffin to get sent round to me. That's some good mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, any anything you could think of that might be like a little bit like you were scared, like because I was the most scared kid. I was scared of everything, but um, anything you could think of that when you were little really scared you. But you look back and you go, "Well, that was silly." Why did I think that was? Yeah, I'm gonna have to think hard now. Should have pre-warned me for this one. Um... Everyone says that, and then they come out with a belter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess they do. Put on the spot, you know. Um, it's funny if I said fear of flying, fear of heights. No, did you? No. no. I didn't think so. <laughs> Would have been good though, wouldn't it? Um, do you know See, what? I'm scared know. of heights, but I'm not scared of flying. I, I okay. hate being on like a a surface up high. And it's worse when I look yeah. up. I look up, that's when I go, oh, fucking hell. Look yeah. down, I'm fine, as long as I know, like, where I am at. I, yeah. Since since I was yeah. little, I've been in open door helicopters, open door planes. I've been strapped in a fucking parachute, just in case. But, yeah, if I have to go up a ladder, and I'm at the top of the ladder, and I look up towards where I've got to go to, I'm like, shit, I'm getting vertigo here. It's mental. Yeah. I'll fly any day of the week, I don't care. I just don't like standing. I guess there's quite a few. Yeah, I guess there's quite a few people like that, actually. Yeah, I guess if you have to like look out the window, 
maybe right down to the ground you might feel a bit funny in the plane but... no no i don't i no? quite like that all right, so okay. i've got like a weird. i've got like a res like a resonation to resonation is that a word am i making words up resonation i resonate towards like flying okay. i like it I, I enjoy it yeah i don't like i don't like roller coasters i don't like diving boards but i'll go on I, and i will jump off a diving board i'm not a pussy but <laughs> like going uh like if you, if you imagine being at a water park and going up the stairs to a, a massive water slide like one of those kamikaze ones mm. i'll do the kamikaze bit it's the going up the ladder I'm like, no, this is shit. I hate this. I feel really unsafe. I'm going to fall off. That's an interesting one because um, I climb a ladder any day, but I never jumped off the top diving board in uh, in Leisure Point, Hereford. Too Have high you not? No. Fucking hell. I did it. I did it, I did it um, when I was going through officer training, but when I was younger, wouldn't do it. Now, see, I I got I got dad bullied into that in the fact that. He he knows that I'm scared of that sort of stuff. He doesn't. I don't like heights. Yeah. Like the big wheel can fuck off. I'll do a fast roller coaster, like the standy up one at Drayton Manor or whatever. I'll do that, mm. but I ain't going on a thing that goes really slowly that I could potentially fall off. Don't like that. Just prolong prolong the pain. Um, and he wouldn't like me and my brother used to go swimming in the summer. Like I'd literally get two quid to go to the swimming bars. Have a portion of chips between the two of us. Don't worry about childcare. That that was like my summer holidays every day, swimming bath. And the one day, me and my brother were doing like somersaults and stuff off the the second board. And my dad was like, he'd come to pick us up. He said, "Have you been off that top one yet?" I was like, "No, no, I don't like that, Dad. I don't like that at all." He was like, "Well, you ain't going home until you've been off that, and you've got to dive." So I. Under pressure, I actually did do it. I remember going off the board and just being like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. I've got no time. I don't know. I haven't even jumped off this board and I'm going straight into a dive. I've got no timing. I don't know how long it takes. And I remember hitting the water and had my hands sort of in this position. So for anybody that's only listened to the audio, because I, I think I will put this one out on YouTube, which will be the first one in a year. That I put out on YouTube, I've got like a maybe 30 degree bend in both my elbows and my hands aren't pointed, they're flat. So my hands hit the water. They went flying behind my back and I could literally like, you know, and you feel your shoulders just get completely wretched. And then my head slapped against the water <laughs> and I got out and I've never experienced this since. My head, from my forehead above my eyebrows to sort of my crown, was numb. It was completely numb because it just—I basically had no support because my arms had got shot behind me, slapped yeah. against the water. And yeah, that's what my dad made me do. I must have been that's like twelve. I, I was that's twelve. That's why I never jumped off the top board, mate. Jumping was worse. Diving was fine jumping was worse because you could see everything when you're diving you're just like looking at the water yeah so you you haven't thought of any irrational fears 
I guess a top diving board, mate, would be my rational fear. But I, I managed to conquer it eventually. Um, trying to think one minute. Oh, underrated, overrated. Yeah, that's. I like to finish on overrated, underrated, and it could be anything. Okay. Quite often, it gets turned to food because of what I, what I do now. Because uh, they're examples like um, an overrated thing for me would be like a fish finger sandwich. People rant and rave about, oh, it's mate, it's shit. It's fucking shit. Um, and I underrated would be like a jacket potato with uh, with tuna mayo. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but it doesn't have to be anything to do with that. It could be absolutely anything. Like um, uh, Superman's trainer, Michael Blevins. Uh, he said um, self-improvement is overrated and self-development is underrated. Of course. Of course he came out with some philosophical thing. Um, he's he's one of the guys from uh, formerly Jim Jones, which is now um, owned by somebody else. But um, yeah, so yeah. Anything, any, anything that Adam Paul can come up with that it, so, you think is underrated. Okay, I'll start with overrated. Overrated. Okay. Anything. I yeah, love so it. Little, I love hearing it. Little, little bit, little bit controversial maybe for some people, but uh, whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. Whiskey's overrated. I don't get it. You don't get it. What you don't like I, it? I don't. Exactly. I've tried it so many times try and force myself to understand why people like drinking whiskey but i can't stand the stuff i stand it like, what like to what point have you tried have you gone top i went shelf? To, i was in edinburgh i did edinburgh we did the whole whiskey tour yeah around edinburgh you know starting off with the uh, the weaker ones with water in it uh trying to work way up you know in uh the different blends different malts just didn't get it. Still, like still, it. still don't get it. No, no. Someone gives me a bottle of whiskey. Uh, like, thanks, but um, it's a pass on no, present. No, <laughs> <laughs> it is a massively a pass on present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can I can get that. It's it's sort of whiskey is one of those things you either like it or you don't. I um I remember when we used to go out. I used to make us do the cowboy shot shot in Weatherspoons. Do you remember that? You used to get yeah. the Buffalo Trace. It's the only place you could yeah. get Buffalo Trace. And we'd always have the Buffalo shot before we went to dusk. Um, and it was always a bad idea. It was always a terrible, terrible Going idea. Back, yeah. And thinking about it, actually, Going you fucking hated it. You hated it every time. <laughs> yeah, what was in it? It's just Buffalo Trace whiskey. It's a... Exactly. It's exactly. It's a whiskey that's um, that's older than the United States, but it, it's from the United States before the United States became the United States. Buffalo Trace was a whiskey. I didn't know that at the time. It was just had a buffalo on the bottle, and I was like, "Well, we're we going cowboy drinking." Um. So, overrated is whiskey. Underrated. I uh, I'll stay on the drink theme. Um, and something that I think is I could drink quite a lot of it but you never really see it or hear of it much in these days anyway is uh, is um, bitter lemon bitter lemon bitter lemon soda 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you see it a lot. You see, still see that yeah. over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've not seen much of it over here, but uh, but yeah. You have to drink uh, limoncello great. over there, don't great, you? Instead. Great. You do, but uh, yeah, I'm not much of that. It's more wine, to be honest. Now. Yeah. I do miss. I really, really miss. Buddy Black. Yeah. Yeah. Can't obviously can't get over it. <laughs> I'll see if I can get some sent over to you because um, we use Y Valley at the at the restaurant. I'll see if I can get you. That would be great, but I don't think you can anymore because the because uh, the UK is not in the EU, so I don't think you can send um, like li- uh, liquids and alcoholic drinks and stuff like that. There's got to be a way. You can give it a you can give it a go, but I don't think it's going to happen. There's got to be a way. There has to be. We'll try. I'll try. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll look into it. So you um, try and send it. See what happens. Well, I'll just pretend it's something else. No, um, no, I will look into it. There's got to be a way to export stuff. There's got to be. Yeah, you, know, you can you can export stuff, but as a like what would be essentially a. I guess it would be like a personal item, wouldn't it? I don't know, mate. It's complicated. You have to look into it. You have to look, look into it. I will. I will. Right, so I've actually eaten up more than your 45 minutes, mate. You have, mate. I've got things to be getting on with, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Thank, thanks so much for this, the time, mate. It's um, It's been good to catch up, and um, I think it's to be a good good episode for people to listen to. Um, and like yeah, said, good, like, to, uh, good to chat again, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I say this to all my guests. Like, I, I want return guests. I want... I want people that enjoyed this episode to be able to hear more about stuff that you've done, stuff that we got up to like 10, 11 years ago. Do you know what I mean? The stories yeah. of getting pissed and me texting you in the morning, where the fucking hell did you go? And you text me, where the fuck did you go? <laughs> and we were in the same building, but we just got lost. Do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for your time, mate. Um, and and your stories. Um, this has been Obsessive Conversive Podcast, and uh, we're out. <laughs>